Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. The first major of the year, the Australian Open, starts for the first time on a Sunday. And the men's draw is potentially wide open. There is only one person you need to talk to when it comes to the majors in tennis, and that's my good mate, Robbie Koenig, who joins us right now. Hey, Robbie, how are you, buddy? Yeah, Steve, really well, thank you. And uh, the good news is I'm, I'm pretty close to you, not too far away, just down south at South Island, getting ready, <laughs> relaxing before heading back to Melbourne uh, for the Australian Open, and they are getting ready for two weeks of high-octane tennis. Yeah, so how is the fly fishing going? Uh, it's the uh, most beautiful country in the world. The South Island is a special spot. And uh, I've started to make it a regular occurrence. And I tell you what, if uh, if it permits, I'd spend three months of the year here uh, after the Australian Open every year. It is so beautiful. You guys are so blessed with the country you have. Okay, we'll take that. But let's, let's turn our focus towards Novak. Uh, the original big three are no longer. How yep. big a blow to the Open is Rafa not being there? Um, it's it's a blow, but it's not a big blow. Let's not forget he's been out of the sport for almost a year now, yep. Stephen. So uh, we've got used to him not being around. Um, there's a certain Spaniard in, in Carlos Alcaraz that's been flying the flag for Spain, and, and he is hugely entertaining. And there's Daniel Medvedev, what a mercurial character he is. You've got Yannick Sinner, who I'm big on this season. Um in, there's a lot of characters around, and I think people are getting used to Roger not being around now. Mm. They started to get used to Rafa not being around. So, you know, the majors are standalone events. They will always survive um, without players, and, you know, they are the ones who make the new players. Is Joker, is Djokovic, is he unbackable? Um, no, I don't say he's unbeatable definitely not um you know i think as each year ticks by um it's going to become tougher and tougher for him but he's there's no doubt he's the favorite i think people are catching up i think they're looming large in the rearview mirror yannick's going to have some epic battles with him at the end of last year medvedev knows he can beat beat him on the biggest of stages and and Alcaraz has come awfully close in some big events as well against him so i think the pack is closing in but the experience that he has in the biggest of moments, uh, that's the thing that the others lack. I, I struggle when I look at the numbers that he won three of the four majors last week, Alcaraz taking uh, Wimbledon out, and you go, he gets older and he seems to get better, and you talk about the experience. Uh, where, When you break it down to the minutiae, where is he getting everybody with that experience? I just think in the, in the toughest of moments, in the tightest of moments, 
um, he's the one who's able to produce. I think Alcaraz still, you know, he's won two majors, but he was so lucky to get away at, at Wimbledon. He should have, he had no business beating Novak. Novak should have gone up two sets to love. He should have been up a break in the fifth as well. So, and and Alcaraz will be the first to admit that, you know, he needs more experience in these big moments and, and how, you know, how uh, nervous he got when he was playing him. So, all that stuff adds up. I think the one who, in a big match, Daniel Medvedev came so close to the US Open. I, I was commentating on that match, Stephen. Mm. And if he wins that second set mm. and goes one set all, there are huge problems for Djokovic. So, you know, the guys are close, but in the biggest of moments, he's, you know, he's just got it mentally. I, I don't think there's any player that trains themselves mentally as well as Novak. And I think in sport, we always, you know, I know you do a lot of other sports as well, commentate yeah. on a lot of other sports, and you know this. You know this. It's between the ears. Oh. But how often do players actually train that, Stephen? And, yeah. and he does it with his meditation every day, his visualization. Um, I don't know if you saw the interview he did with 60 Minutes, how he observes opponents on the change of ends when he's looking up at the big screen, if the camera's on them, how are they drinking the water, how are they breathing? This is the, the minutiae that you're speaking about that he goes to in order to get an advantage over the guys he's playing against. Do you think Do you think he wins another couple this year, majors this year, and then says, you know what, no one's going to touch that for a long, long time? A long no. time. No, I don't think he stops. If he wins another two this year, no way is he stopping. Uh, I think he wants to put daylight between himself <laughs> and, and the likes of Federer and Nadal oh, wow. and, and, oh. and the chasing pack. Yeah, I do. I think he has got the you... mind. He's loving it. And, he, and he's, you know, he's fine-tuning his schedule. He's not having to play 25 weeks now. Everything revolves around the majors for him, and he can afford to do that. So, you know, if there's a loss in Perth or Brisbane, not a big deal. Don't read too much into that. You've mentioned Yannick Sinner twice in this conversation already. He won 20 of his final 23 matches last year at Davis Cup as well. Why is he a potential threat? Uh, he's got a fantastic team around him for one. Darren Cahill, who has um, mm. coached so many good players. He's, he's being brought on board now with uh, Simone. And, you know, just he's very comfortable. You know, when you're around these players, Sometimes you realize how much nonsense is going on in the background, Steve. And he is very calm. His life is organized. Uh, I think he's in a very good space. The game has evolved well. He's been working on the serve. That's got better. Um, he plays well indoors. Those big results that you mentioned at the end of the year, uh, a lot of that's indoors, which is great. But now, outdoors, wind, the new service motion that he's been tinkering with that has been so good indoors, which is a lot easier to execute now. Yeah. When he conditions outdoor, that thing is going to be put under the microscope. So, yes, sin is looking good, but outdoors is going to be the real acid test. You haven't mentioned Sitsipas. Why? Um, because I know the off-season hasn't been great for him. That's why. I know he's been uh, struggling with some injuries. Uh, he wasn't able to train as, as hard as he would have liked to. Um, he's been loved up, which is good for him off the court, you know, with Paolo Badosa. That's been, that's been great. And that's kept, that's kept him away from the gym probably a little bit more than he should have. Um, and he's only just brought a, a strength and conditioning trainer on board full time. And, and I watched him going through some routines when I was in Sydney for the United Cup. And he's playing catch up. That's why I'm not big on him. I, I definitely put Medvedev ahead of him. I probably put 
uh, Zverev and Rublev all ahead of him. They're ahead of him in the rankings and definitely at the Australian Open. But the field good fact is high. So, you know, you can factor that. He didn't make the finals there last year, didn't he? Lost to uh, yeah, yeah. Djokovic. But uh, I do think he's, he is playing catch-up. I'll be surprised if he makes semis or better. Uh, the one name that popped up quite a bit in the last, uh, let's say, 24 months, but it hasn't materialised as such, is Olga Roon. Yeah, I mean, he's still only 20. Um, plays his best tennis indoors again. He has. So, again, the majors have played outdoors, windy conditions, two weeks. It's a little different. Um, I also think he's, he's still finding his way. You talk about players who have been chopping and changing. He, uh, he dropped his long-time coach. He was coaching him since he was seven years of age. Um, he's no longer with them. Patrick Moritoglu is no longer with them. So, uh-huh. he's just brought on board... Um, Boris has been brought on board, and Severin Luci, who was with uh, Federer, um, has just been brought on board as well. So, you know, new team, just trying to get to know everything, needs a bit more stability, um, played yeah. some bad tennis in the U.S. summer. So, he's, n- for me, not quite right, but he's getting there. I mean, lost to Dimitrov recently in the finals. Um, 20, I think he needs another year or two before he wins his first major. If a major was indoors, I'd be a lot more stronger on him. Okay, there is. We've got no Kyrgios, which I which I think is a shame. I don't know about you. I I, I think Kyrgios is what the tour needs. He may may be a little wild, but do you do you sometimes sense that it needs that sort of personality? Maybe tailored back a bit, but it needs that. Yes, I do. I think you're spot on. Um, he provides, you know. He brings to to the party a, a kind of character that we don't see too often in tennis. He's a real disruptor. He'll disrupt opponents. And, and I know just going to watch his matches at, at some of the tournaments that um, I've traveled to in the past, his courts are packed, absolutely <laughs> packed. They want to see the drama. I mean, hey, who doesn't like a bit of reality TV? It doesn't matter whether it's uh, Love Island or whether it's on the tennis court, Steve. So, uh, I'm with yeah. you, man. Oh, man, yeah. But then then we're at the Australian Open, and uh, one new kid in the top ten, Domino, who beat uh, Djokovic in the United Cup, albeit Djokovic was struggling with struggling with a wrist injury. Is he, a, is he a, is, dare I say it, is he a joker in the pack for this? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think oh. he could have a decent run. But uh, for me, Alex, just doesn't have enough weapons to... To beat the big guys, and you know, I think he has the extra five, ten percent out of his game playing at home. But um, you know, there's definitely a few more players uh, in and around that ranking. You know, Ben Shelton, um, that guy has got a monstrosity of a game. He might not be ready to win a major just yet, but you know, from looking at a wild card to win the tournament, eleven to twenty in the rankings, uh, I'd probably go with him or a, a Karen Hashanov. Wow. Uh, Nicholas Jerry's playing well. Uh, Tiafos just switched coaches as well. He's no longer with my fellow countryman, Wayne Pereira. I don't know what the stability is like there. What type of Casper Root? He had a rough year as well. Uh, a lot of injuries last year, especially off the back of playing so well the previous two seasons where um, you know he was making the finals at the French and making the finals at the US Open. Uh, I had a good chat with him uh, just last week. And again, he, he's got a full-time physio on board. Shoulder seems to be getting better, and, and you know maybe he can make another a deep run at a major. I wouldn't be surprised if he's you can lock him in for a quarterfinals. Yeah, a friend of mine is hitting with Ben Sheldon here at the Open, the Classic at the moment. He says he's never seen a bigger serve, and just how quick he is, how fast he is, and he he whips the ball down. 
Yeah, he is. Uh, he is a big character. He talk about characters in the game, but in a in a nice way. <laughs> um, not not as gnarly as as somewhat like Nick, but um, you know, his dad was a former player. He used to play at the same time as me, and I think he's learned a lot. He's he's a new generation of of his father who had a massive serve as well. He's a better athlete, and he's a great backstory as well. His dad coached him at college uh, when his dad was the head coach at. Um, University of Florida, where they won the national championship together. So oh, yeah. it's, it's a lovely backstory there. Robbie, one final thought for you before I let you go and uh, what, go put your waders on. Uh, is there a concern uh, about <laughs> <laughs> about the, about the future of the ATP Tour with all the four majors now thinking uh, that the Saudi Arabians might want to not hijack it but set up a tour that uh, – is is better for the top players that the schedules aren't so hard and now the majors are talking about getting together and trying to create a uh, which I don't like but they're so more of an, an elitist tour is it a real thing um I think the conversations are definitely going on in the background and you know the, the majors realize how powerful they are many years ago it was the ITF who used to um, dictate somewhat to the to the majors as to how they should do things. Not so much Wimbledon, but perhaps the other three. But that's been that hasn't been the case for at least the last ten or fifteen years now. They realise, hang on, we are the big daddies. We don't actually need the ITF. Yes, you can govern the rules of tennis, but um, you know we know how to provide our own TV coverage now. They don't uh, sublet their their tournaments out to bigger channels who would do all the production. They now have to do all the production and how some of them even have their own media arms now. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there, there's a lot of power there. I think um, also what happened at Wimbledon during the COVID time when ATP said, oh, just no points for uh, for you at Wimbledon because uh, you aren't letting uh, the Russians in Ukraine in. I think that, that kind of annoyed Wimbledon and it also showed, well, ATP can just strip us of points whenever they want to. And, you know, without a decent conversation going on about that. So there are definitely rumblings behind the scenes. Whether it materializes or not, Stephen, I don't know. Um, that, that w- it'll take time. This is not something that's going to happen overnight. But, um, yeah, we'll just watch the space. I think it's a valid conversation to have. There's no question that Saudi Arabia is going to be a big player going forward. Um, they want to be involved in sport, and a sport like tennis could could very much be ripe for the picking. So, they, tennis want to be proactive, I think, and making sure that they've got all their ducks in a row. All right. Well, I'm sure you've got all your uh, flies in a row and ready to go. One final thought. One final final thought. Who wins? Yeah. Who wins the men's title? Um, I'm I'm going to be I'm going to go with Yannick Sinner for his first major. Yannick Sinner wins his first major in Australia. He beats Djokovic after Novak has a couple of chances to put him to bed, but doesn't. There you go. I will take that. My friend, it is always a pleasure talking to you. Happy New Year. Right back at you, Stephen, and thanks for having me on your show.